You're listening to Raw with Marty Gallagher, J.P. Bryce, and Jim Steele, brought to you by Iron Company. If you enjoy our podcast, please share the link and give us a review. Today, we're discussing powerlifting and bodybuilding, including the overarching goals of each, similarities and differences between them, and how we can combine some of these techniques and tactics to create a hybrid training system, also known as power building. Um, Marty, you're what we might refer to as a power pioneer. You've been immersed in the iron trenches since the 60s. So you've witnessed, uh, I mean, firsthand the evolution of Olympic weightlifting, powerlifting, bodybuilding, as well as the the formation, if there is such a thing, as power building. So um, now you actually began as an Olympic weightlifter. So how old were you then? And uh, what what year was that when you began? Well, I don't want to get too deep into my Olympic weightlifting history but i would say uh i was a national champion in 1968 yeah 270 press 235 snatch 315 clean and jerk at age 17 and uh, 198 pound class and that was way before the performance ever as an Olympic weightlifter. I had no business being an Olympic weightlifter. I just gooned everything up. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, you know, Jim, you know what I'm talking about. To to be an Olympic weightlifter, you, I mean, that is a whole art form. Yes. And that is the explosive strength that we talk about. And uh, so, yeah, so I, back then, they actually had what they called triple threat Ironman. And there's a guy who would compete in bodybuilding, powerlifting, and Olympic weightlifting. And wow. uh, guys who did that, they would call him an Ironman. And, you know, they'd have a, it'd be good for your physique to yeah. do that. Oh, yeah. um, Olympic lifters train a lot. They're high volume, uh, moderate, moderate. Uh, payload compared to what the the lifter the power lifters have to put space in between their sessions because the the poundages are so body crushing. Yeah, and these and these eccentric loading right. is what causes all that soreness. You know, well, now, again, it's a big difference between doing five hundred for reps in the squat and doing two hundred for reps in the snatch. No, you know, no, wait a minute. Just in terms of weight, just in terms of poundage. I, I want to ask you something uh, because there was a reason that you left Olympic weightlifting. What, what was the reason? Two reasons. Number one, I saw that technically I didn't think I, you really need expert coaching. I didn't have it. I was self-taught. Yeah. And uh, number, well, eventually in 1972, they banned the press, but um the overhead press uh, which were, yeah which reduced it then then all the all the ken patera types got out of olympic lifting and all the all the real strong guys the press was the strength lift yeah that's and what that's they like the best marty the big guys like the press the best yeah well yeah and that's why the you know the big guys had a chance because they would build up a big lead in the press some somebody like paul anderson and then hang on in the snatch and the clean and jerk oh okay now right. 
Now you had a great, you wrote a great article on the press and you talked about your, your, your move away from Olympic weightlifting once they uh, banned the press, but talk about the evolution of the press just for a second, because I think it's interesting. What happened to the press as it evolved, uh, technically speaking with form and, and all that stuff? Wow. What an insightful question there, buddy. Okay. Well, uh, you know, the Olympic press devolved. Originally, it was the um, military press. Did you ever see anybody do that, Jim? Heels together? Standing Perfect. Like, yeah, real straight. straight. Well, you got you to gotta push the bar out around your head. Yeah. Right? You got to get out around your chin. Well, that's kind of weird. So that was the first uh, sort of the, 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 that was the standard back in the uh, 20s. So then they said, all right, look, that's ridiculous. Let's allow them a little bit of layback. Well, when they allowed that a little bit of layback, you had guys like Paul Anderson who would turn the military press into a 45 degree incline, right? Yeah. Well, he shoved that press up to 402 when the record was like 356. Yeah. It was like, they were like, the Russians were like, oh my God, they called them wonder of nature. (laughs) Yeah. He went over to Russia in 1956 on a State Department trip. Khrushchev invited him in. He was like, I want to meet this guy. That They worshipped Anderson. Wow. <clears throat> they thought, and, and when they saw him squat, they were. he said, um, we're the squat rocks, and they didn't know what he was talking about. So he oh, they to, didn't? No. <laughs> they had to clean it first, right, Marty? No, they, they built him. Overnight, they built him some wooden squat rocks to his specifications, and then all their coaches and scientists gathered around and watched him as he did whatever, 700 for reps. Yeah. Wow. Barefooted. Right. And wow. then, so they said, then in the next time he came back, there were squat rocks everywhere. Yeah. That's something. <laughs> so he was the godfather of the squat. He was the guy who really, before that, the squat was just, you know, it was like, I don't know, the leg curl. It, it wasn't really predominantly featured anywhere before powerlifting came into existence it was just another oh. leg exercise so they did uh, that they they would do what for their leg strength marty what was the what was front the squat for sure right front squat okay yeah you know of course because you know that's olympic weightlifting you do so yeah. much you're coming up so being a good front squatter and they would back squat and they were they were good back squatters but there was no formalization no one went below parallel right Right. And they didn't put a big deal on it. They might get around to it once a week and kind of half ass, you know. Uh, so although Lou Reiki, the, the uh, New Orleans guy, was a, there were some good Olympic weightlifters who became good powerlifters. Bill Starr, right? Mm. Uh, there, yeah. So anyway, so getting back to what we're talking about is that there, there's differences. The goal determines the physique the physique determines the training okay so if let's back up so what is the goal in powerlifting is to lift as much weight as possible for a single rep in three compound multi-joint movements right short distances too right Right. not like an olympic lift with a long long range of motion short range of motion well that goal creates that thick full physique okay Mm -hmm. and in order to get that thick full physique 
you have to do that heavy power training, which requires space in between sessions, big poundage, lower reps, low reps, you know, uh, backed up with serious eating, right? A lot of, um, a lot of high calorie, a lot power, of uh, yeah, power food, yeah. power food. You want power food. All you can eat buffet stuff is what you guys yeah, talked about. Exactly, exactly, exactly. And you they still do body. that today. Do you know? I mean, do the guys go for the buffet on today, buddy? I'm not in the. I'm I'm not a hipster. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> okay. I thought you were a hipster. Talks to somebody under the age of sixty, will you? So getting back to it. So the, so the goal creates the physique. The physique creates the training. So that's one type of training. The bodybuilder, what's the goal in bodybuilding? The goal in bodybuilding is strictly visual. It's divorced from performance. Nobody has to run a hundred meter. Nobody has to clean and jerk anything. It's just how good you look. It's like, you know, I don't want to be crude, but you're kind of training to be a statue. You know, I mean, it's, there's there's nothing uh because it's divorced from performance that the goal creates the body and what's the body jim symmetrical uh small waisted wide shouldered uh what else Uh, frame uh and you have to have a certain level of definition and and all that stuff you gotta have condition you gotta have condition all that well that so the goal creates the body, the body creates the training in order to create a body that looks incredibly good, but is divorced from performance. We don't have to have no 700 pound deadlifts here. Right. Right. uh, So that allows us, you can do anything you want, just as long as you look good. So what do they do? They do high volume, moderate intensity. Right. They train a lot. Pumping. Pump the muscle. Pump the muscle. Expand the, muscle. the fat, the muscle fascia. Get that, uh, you know, um, yes. like we always talk about that with, um, I think we talk about Arnold when we say that, you know, he didn't, I mean, he always looked great, right? But when he posed, that yeah. fascia just expanded and he exploded. Yeah. He looked like a, a peacock or um, one of those dinosaurs. With, uh, yeah. Uh, the most frustrating thing or the, the most unusual thing, like if you have an athletic background and then you go do a bodybuilding show, the contest is anticlimactic. You've already, there's no competition. Like you're not going against a person. You're not, you know, you're there and you're like, oh, the competition was the training. The competition was with yourself. Do you think there's that's no, for everybody? I think that's for a certain personality type. Yeah, it's so, it's so like, oh. For you, okay. <laughs> that's what Dorian Yates told me in an interview. Right. Oh, it's it's not. Yes, and and you know what, Marty? What a good point about the personality. You know, I think because I like that. I, I'm going to say this because I love him. Kirk lives for the applause, right? You know what I mean? He yeah, he thrives right. on it. He gets he he it, it jacks him up ten percent. Right. But he also loves the training and the pain well, yeah, and, the, know, you know, yeah. the, the meeting his goals and the periodization and all that stuff. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, listen to what Schwarzenegger did, because I'm, I'm pulling from the great Rick Wayne three more rep book. 
And in it, it's just basically uh, the actual training of Rick Wayne was a good writer. He was, he was uh, a good writer. He's an excellent writer. It's a Caribbean dude who actually had a um, a legitimate newspaper background before yeah, we he's got hired a, him. If anybody out there is looking, for, I don't know if they could find it, but he wrote a book about arm training. I don't have it anymore, but man, it was good. Uh, Rick Wayne, he had some crazy arms. Yeah, he had a great oh, physique. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, uh, in this in this book, uh, they give Schwarzenegger's exact routine right when he was at his peak. I mean, when right. he was 76, 1976. So just for the chest, right? So we're going to do bench press, shoulder width grip, five sets, eight to 10 reps. And we're going to do flies, five sets, eight reps. And we're going to go over to the incline. We're going to do six sets, eight to 10 reps. Then we're going to do some dips, just body weight, five sets, each set to failure. All right. Then we're going to do standing cable crossover, six sets, 12 reps. Then we're going to finish with dumbbell pullover across the bench, five sets, 10 reps. Now, on the same day, he's going to do back. He's going to do legs. Okay. You want to hear what he does for back, the same workout? Yeah. Check this out. And this is a big guy. This is a 225-pound guy doing wide grip chins to the front. Six sets, uh, you know, each set to failure, right? Uh, T-bar row, five sets, eight reps. Long, well, seated cable row is what we call it. Six yeah. sets, six re eight reps. Barbell row, six sets, 12 reps. High rep depth. Lifts on box, Steel's favorite. Six <laughs> sets, six sets, 15 reps. Oh, God damn. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> oh, and then we're going to finish with one arm dumbbell row, five sets of eight. Uh, I decided to do eights on the one arm row. I, I do that volume <laughs> in like three weeks. That's no, like three weeks. No, wait a this is the same workout right now. Wait. So he goes to the water fountain, gets a drink, poses in the mirror. Then he does legs, same workout. Okay. Come on. No, no, no. Squats, six sets, 10 to 12 reps. Yeah. Leg extension, six sets, 15 reps. Leg press, six sets, eight to 10 reps. Leg curls, <laughs> six sets, 12 reps. Yeah. Lunges, five sets, 15 reps. Oh, but wait a minute. What's missing, Jim? You got his hamstrings in there? Yeah, he did a leg No calves. No calves. Oh, his calves, yeah. He did those every oh, day. Abs, and what does he do for calves? For, in a different session, because he's run out of time, okay? He doesn't have any more time. So, he, And he comes in in the afternoon. That's a morning session that we just went through, guys, okay? You with me? Yeah. Yeah. So we're, we're, he's, he we're he's, he's, after he's done, he, go, he, he goes to the diner. <laughs> some <laughs> cutlets. They stuff, yeah, they stuff their face. They, and then they go, then they go lay in the beach, and that's all that pumping iron stuff. Oh, I'm the king of the lion stands on top of the hill. You gotta come to the top to get the meat. <laughs> right. Right. Or something like that, yeah. Yeah, with Eddie Gugliani going, Well, you know, what do you do? Uh, you know, you're the king of the hill, the king's got a fog. Uh, the, the king is the meat is on top of the hill. 
She but says, no, food, but when, when the, the king wants is, the food, yeah. it's there. The food <laughs> is always there. Yeah, that's it. Uh, so so he's like, they didn't get the suntan, you know, and then Franco hangs upside down in the chinning bar by his toes, right? You ever see that? And he does a yeah, lap. Yeah, but yeah. Doing a lap spread. He hangs upside down on the, on the chin bar with his toes, and he does a lap spread. But the, right. the thing you ask yourself, though, oh, when you wait, read... No, 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 wait, don't interrupt, because they're not done yet. Now they got to go back to the gym for the afternoon session. Oh, this is nonsense. <laughs> no, wait, this is Arnold. What are you talking about? This is not nonsense. Calf raises, 10 sets of 10, uh, seated, uh, 8 sets of 15, one-legged, 6 sets of 12, don't forget the forearms, curls, oh, oh, I'm sorry, wrist roller, four sets until tired. <laughs> As if they weren't reverse, before. Reverse curls, four sets, eight reps. Wrist curls, four sets, 10 reps. Now, they do that routine three times a week. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It's almost like they were... They didn't know what to do, so they just did everything. Right, right. You know, they, because it was, yeah. there's, there's yeah, it was like experimentation back then. Right, I, you know? I never thought who, of it that way. Yeah. Who else were they going to go off of? And the funny yeah. thing is, and you know, you can't really question Arnold's physique. He had, the, you know, one of the greatest physiques in the world, but could he have accomplished the same thing with half that amount? I don't know. Uh, you know, you I, never know, will we? I think with a little more intensity and cut the workouts and add some cardio, yes. It's like oh, I like, um, I like uh, Steele's um, uh, your your thing about pioneer. He, he thing. got gigantic when he was over in Germany. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And then we carved it up here. Yeah, and he was just a bi- he was just a big chunk of marble. Yeah. Now he started with powerlifting, right? Yeah. That's and right. he was entering competition. Well, I know he, he did bodybuilding, but he did powerlifting as, as a side. No, he was always a bodybuilder. Yeah, he did like a deadlift he, contest yeah. and stuff like that. He yeah. deadlifted 700. Yeah. But, tr- but the, transitioning the through into his yeah. pro career and all that, he, he didn't keep with powerlifting. Like he wasn't doing power no. building, right? He was strictly doing yeah. power. Li- I mean, uh, bodybuilding. Well, in that uh, routine that we just read through and laughed at, there was the famous shot in the pumping iron movie where they're doing the exact there and they just show the squats and they're using 455. Yeah. And, and, and they're wearing a belt and everybody's going deep and they, you know, they've got their, their feet on little two by four boards, (laughs) 455 for reps ain't nothing. And if they're doing, you know, in, in a workout an enduro workout like that, how long does it take? And they're doing straight steps. Nobody's supersetting anything. Yeah, and Draper's wearing jeans, like tight jeans. Oh, boy, I don't know how he squatted in that. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they were did, just trying everything. They were just trying everything. They had no idea. Think about it, man. They're on the ground like floor that. of everything. Like the that. drugs, the nutrition. You know, before that, guys were just at Muscle Beach. They were they would lift, but they're doing their gymnastic stuff, right, Marty? They're doing their hand balance. Yeah, and, they did, and they didn't have it. And they didn't look anything like right. Schwarzenegger's. Right. And I mean, so Arnold says, yeah, they, they introduced the modern physique. Right. John yeah. Grimmick and all those guys, they didn't, they weren't in. Uh, no, no. Kid stuff. 
But they were, they not- liked to, to lift too. They liked to show how strong they were. They liked to, back then those guys weight lifted, they did arm wrestling. They, you know, they would do all that stuff. Because Grimmick, Grimmick, were- uh, when, Grim- when Grimmick weighed 185 pounds, she pressed a world record of 285 and he yeah. was walking his hands. Very important mm. to those guys, just from reading the history and, and all that, of being athletic, of showing that you're not a muscle bound guy of, because if you remember now, this was even in the seventies and eighties, it was still, Oh, he can't do anything. Oh, he can't move. Oh, he can't. Uh, all me, those guys fought against <laughs> that. They fought let me against tell you a couple, that. couple of quick Grimmick tales, but isn't that true though, Marty? Isn't that true? Yeah. They fought against. Okay. But number one, uh, the muscle bound myth was rampant. So, and it really bugged Bob Hoffman, the, the major gummo at York. So they brought in um, uh, guys like David Willoughby and uh, they bring their steel tapes in and they'd measure and stuff. Grimmick uh, was Mr. America and could would end his posing routine with a backflip. Mm. Okay. He would also go into a full split. Mm. He had the greatest below they made him stand on a table and then reach below the level of the table and make a mark and his mark was 18 inches and they'd never seen anybody reach that far below and make the mark that low and he attributed to doing stiff leg deadlifts off of <laughs> like you did but with completely straight spine and a light weight and allowing it to pull him all the way down. And it gave him that exaggerated range of motion. So here was Mr. America that had more flexibility and agility. And this is in the, the forties. Yeah. What was, um, yeah, you know, I don't think I've ever seen what Franco Colombo was doing. Now he was, uh, he was uh, pretty much a, a power builder. Uh, oh, you got and, his program right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's his program? What's his his program? Because he was. Uh, no, well, he was... no, it's it's the same. Honest to God, I mean, it's different exercises, but uh, you got. But was remember. he doing that same kind of volume though? Oh yeah. Well, they trained together. But I think he was more into no, you know the the, no, the big no, three that, lifts that, I, power no, lifts. That, you know? No, no, that's 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 your my interpretation. Fan, your fantasy. <laughs> but I mean, yeah. look what. No, here's he, the reality because I've got it right here. Yeah, what is it? Page, page, page. This is a good book, man. It got about fifteen right. pages on each guy and a lot of good. Photos. That is such a great picture of Franco doing the deadlift with the dog sitting over to the side, and he's got like oh, I forget how many. Pla- he's got it all the way to the end. Bending right. the bar. Now, again, I'm going to read you single workout. And again, he's going to do this workout three times a week. Ready? Oh, Here boy. All right. Bench bench press. Nine sets. Uh, I won't give you the reps because he's got them. 15 reps, eight reps, eight reps, eight reps, four reps, six reps, four reps, two reps, incline press, six sets, eight reps. Wow. Flies. Uh, five to six sets, eight reps. Uh, dips. Uh, two types of dips are done. Five to six sets, eight reps each. These are done superset style. 
uh, approximately 21 sets for chest, back, <laughs> chins to the front, uh, let's see, and to the back, into the middle, 10 sets, as many reps as possible, 20 sets total, T-bar rowing, legs slightly bent to alleviate strain on lower back. He was a chiropractor. Four sets, but 10 reps. Were they going to fail you on all cage. these? Five sets, 10 reps, deltoids, press behind the neck. Four sets, eight reps, standing laterals, five sets, 10 reps. Then over lateral, supersetted with front raises and dumbbells. 15 sets, 10 reps per movement. Calf, standing cap raise, donkey cap raise, toe machined cap raise, and single legged cap raise. Five sets, 15 to 30 reps each. Waist, four supersets. Uh, oh, wait a minute, more. Thighs, squatter leg press, five sets, 12 to 15 reps. Leg extension, eight sets, 15 reps. Leg curl, five sets, 15 reps. Don't forget your forearms. <coughs> Reverse barbell curl, elbows held outward from body, five yeah. sets, 10 to 12 reps. And your seated wrist curl with the dumbbell. Five sets, 10 to 12 reps. Okay, you're done until your later afternoon session. You know, because of the level that they achieved, how do you how do you disagree with that? But it just seems excessive. And I don't, uh, you know, they like we talked about, they might have achieved what they achieved doing half that. We don't know. Well, then you go further to Yates. And mm -hmm. every, everyone attributes Yates to uh, Mentor and Nautilus. But really, Yates is a power lifter with forced reps because Mike Menser and we, I didn't train with him directly, but he trained at two places that I trained at and I saw him train. Uh, and one thing about <clears throat> Menser was he could do like four, let me see, we'll be 455, 485 for like 15 reps. Now these were six inches above parallel, but they would certainly get your legs pumped up, right? But he mm. didn't walk in off the street and load the bar to 485. He mm. didn't do one set to failure. He did 135, right. 225, 315, 405, 455, right. now 485. Well, you know what? That's not one set to failure. That's powerlifting with four straps. And that's mm -hmm. what Dorian did. And what Dorian said is, look, I don't want to go the spend 20 hours a week in the gym like Arnold. Right. And the power lifters, guys like Kaz and Gamble and Kirk and Ed Cohn, these guys were massive and they were doing next to nothing. And that's essentially the template that I mean, you look at the template that Ed Cohn had. In fact, I wrote an article for this for Weeder when I worked for Muscle and Fitness, comparing the similarities between, and at the time, both of them were at the top of the world. Ed Cohn was knocking out 2,400 at 220, and Dorian Yates was Mr. Olympia before he ripped his bicep, right? So yeah. both these guys were at the peak of their career, and I wrote an article outlining how many commonalities they had and how few dissimilarities. Uh, and it was amazing. Uh, they basically each worked up to a top, top set in the big lifts. 
Dorian couldn't squat. He injured himself. So he did leg press instead. Uh, his Dorian's reps might have been a little bit higher. And uh, Yates had Leroy step in and give him a couple forced reps at the end. Never more than one or two. Uh, that was the main difference. They each hit the big lift. They each hit the lifts once a week. Yeah, right. Uh, you know, and and um, Yates instead, whereas Cone worked up to 550 for a double with no shirt and then did some back off sets, Yates work, would work up to 435 in the steep incline for six reps with two forced. And then move move on to a set or two of flies. And, and, and he's done he... chest for the week. And he's done chest for the week. And, and, and think of what Arnold did just for the chest three times a week. But the difference was, was Arnold was not doing all the forced reps. And that I think, and one of the questions I wanted to ask you was on all that stuff that you're listing that Franco did and Arnold did, is that the failure every no. set? No. no, I don't think so, right? Couldn't be. No. How do you make it across you the can, finish? Can't right. I mean, you can't, you can't sprint a marathon, man. That's just right. You can't no. sprint a marathon. So, I mean, with the intensity but that that's Yates not the used, goal. That's not the goal. The right. goal is to pump up the muscle. They don't care about the, right. They really shouldn't care what the poundage is on the bar. Yes, they right. did. But really, it's just we just go for the pump. pump right. Pump. The pump, the pump, the pump, but, the pump. What is the pump? Let's just, for a minute, let's just, what does that mean? It means forcibly engorging a muscle right. with blood. Right. Right. And you do that over and over within a session and it expands the muscle. Now you do that over and over repeatedly and that muscle stays expanded, particularly if you stuff it full of nutrients and then rest it. But Marty, training that way will allow you to train the same muscle three times a week, right? Because it takes gotta, longer to recover. You got to moderate the poundage, right? And the, and the intensity. But training the way Yates trained with the heavy, the with the weight and the intensity, the force also reps. Remember, also remember, Dorian was in the off season. This is his off season stuff. Right. He's he is well. You know what he looks like? Looks like a rhino. But he couldn't have done those workouts more than once a week, you know, on any no, given body. No, he no, couldn't have. No. He couldn't have recuperated. No. He couldn't have grown. No. I mean, it would have been counterproductive. No. no, and and he did his little bit of cardio, and and again, he was so big that for him, all he had to do was a brisk walk, yep. and he could hit ninety percent of his age-related heart rate max. Yeah. yeah. Right. Because he was because he, he was motivating two hundred ninety-five pounds. Well, and if you look at early pictures of him, too, he always had a lean, shapely physique even before he started lifting, from what I've seen. I think you know, great bodybuilders are that way, right? I mean, I yes. think that's their, their genetics. You could, yeah, you could see early on that that shape is there. They just have to, to build on to it. And, you know, Ronnie Coleman, the other great one, he was a great athlete, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, just going in, if you see pictures of Ronnie and his uniform at Grambling, you're like, the guy looks like a bodybuilder, you know? Uh, he had I, I, I saw him one time. We were at the, uh, when I was at Muscle and Fitness, I, I had front row seats at both the Olympia and the Arnold Classic. Front row, front row, front row. Muscle and Fitness, center, center, center. 
I wrote the contest results for the Olympia for Muscle and Fitness. Right. So backstage pass, walk backstage. Hey, look, there's Lee Priest. Hey, look, there's, you know. Now at the time, Schwarzenegger had retired. Uh, but uh, the way that those guys trained then was a hell of a lot different than the way they train now. Now, and Jim could speak to this better, but what I see now is a lot of, I would call them same muscle giant sets. Mm. So you would take, for example, legs. Okay, let's start with leg press. Well, let's do leg pressing, but let's do a type of leg press where you stay in the middle of the rep. You don't quite lock it out. You don't quite take it all the way down. You go back and forth in that middle range. You have your training partners around you in case you collapse, right? So now you're repped out there, right? So immediately go to the seated leg extension. Okay, let's rep that out. Let's go 15 reps. But again, that kind of middly, 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 and your legs are on fire, right? Yeah, it's constant tension. Get off that. Let's go to the hack squat. Oh, boy. Keep going. Now you're going to need some help, right? But you're going. You're pushing. Now you get up. You're wobbling. So what's <laughs> next, Jim? What do we got? Uh, I don't know. We could do, uh, you know, but you see what I'm saying? Yeah. And they that's the type of training I'm seeing now where they're doing. And they might do uh, five bicep exercises in a row. And now naturally the pound has just got to be next to nothing, Yeah. but they don't care. That's not the point. The point is that the time they're finished, that muscle is decimated. Yeah. But Jim, you've talked about it many times before. I think it boils down to time under tension. And basically that's what they're doing at, by the, by the shortened uh, rep stroke, because just think about a dumbbell curl. Once you get to the top, the resistance is pretty much gone because you're, you know, you, you, there's no gravity on it until you begin to come back down. You, right. The resistance picks up, but they're eliminating the part uh, where the resistance stops and they're keeping it on full blast by doing the abbreviated uh, rep, right? So it's time under tension. Immediately yeah. after that, we're going to do preacher curl. Immediately after that, we're going to do cable curl. Immediately after that, we're going to do what? Uh, you know, you know yeah, machine, machine curl, right? I and mean, man, you know, when you're done, yeah. and they might do, they might do three rounds of that. Ooh-wee. I yeah. couldn't do it. I think the problem uh, with even looking at the training from maybe 2000 on is that the influx of the PEDs became so great that 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 pumping and that tension where you're not great. locking out. They were pretty great in the '90s, Jimmy. <laughs> no, I'm talking about the uh, the fact that the drugs weren't as, as much. You know, they didn't. They weren't doing the insulin. They weren't doing the growth hormone. They weren't. Oh, doing... they were. Yes, they were in the '90s. Okay, then let's say '80s. Then maybe I misspoke. But what I'm saying yeah. is, is that now it's such a big deal. It's all about oh, do I have the right cycle versus training? Training is an afterthought to a lot of these guys now. You know, of course, that's not every single person. But man, you look now, at these workouts Jim, and it, yeah, Jim. Now the sport that's divorced from performance, yeah, is once again divorced further because their spokespeople don't even have to be champion bodybuilders. 
They can just right. be social media stars. Yeah. But Jim, it's gotten so far ahead, so far advanced. The These guys are so big now. I don't think you have a choice anymore if you want to be a pro. I mean, just like <laughs> oh, you yeah, said. But I'm saying the science of their training, their <laughs> right. science of their right. training is a joke. The science of the training is a joke because. Oh, oh that's cool. Yeah. Anything you want to do. Why do you say that? Why do you say because that? the drugs make such a big difference. They make such a huge difference with the insulin and with the the you know you're talking about 2000 milligrams a week of just testosterone so you can do anything man and so why go in there and kill yourself let's just pump now there are guys that work hard no question but the the thing that we were all into in the 70s and 80s was man what's your workout like because they, they were guys abusing sure as much as today not even close not even close so there was a little more application for the regular guy back then you know what i mean versus now now it's like man it's a, yeah. it, it, I, I hate where it's gone it, it makes me hate it it makes the scales me have it. tipped like you said the science has become the most important thing i guess yeah, it's over training whereas before you didn't have a choice it was training <laughs> that was going to get you there yeah which and it, it still like, is but i mean oh, you know what i mean oh our supersets gonna our supersets the thing or force reps did you read Mensah was doing this or bill pearl's doing this or right that was a big deal now i don't give a shit what those guys are doing because they're all doing the same stuff and so pumped full of drugs man and i'm not anti-drug i'm just like don't take advice from them <laughs> you know I, I have seen some of these uh, these articles with um, the cycles that some of these guys run, and it's like unbelievable. It's like, how how are you not dead well, from dying. all that? Right. Everybody's know? dying. But you know that's my point. I mean, I, I like the fact that that Yates, Marty, that he he said, well, you know, let me see what the best way to do this is. And so he actually read and researched, and he talks about it all the time. He you was know. In a way, I was talking to David Weck earlier about Mike Tyson, and I said he turned his disadvantage into his advantage. His right. disadvantage was his lack of height. Right. And turned that into an advantage. But with Dorian, his disadvantage, he was isolated in the middle of nowhere, Birmingham, England. <coughs> and, that, and that was his, be his advantage. advantage because yeah. it forced forced him to become a uh, on a journey of self-discovery yeah and, well, and he was he was a smart guy dorian's a smart guy and, yeah. and he understood what his body responded best to right he yeah. was only interested in empirical results that all that mattered to him he he wasn't there was no scene <laughs> no anti-scene anti very methodical all the way through from his training to his in, entire career in general and the way he did it and the way he ended it the whole thing yeah <clears throat> and he was a purposely primitive the the way he trained mm -hmm. but his body responded to heavyweight low to moderate reps uh in frequency his cardio was pedestrian at best i mean he was no cardio freak mm. he was always talking about i don't want it to nick the muscle <laughs> <laughs> nick the muscle <laughs> i said oh, we wouldn't want that Jordan. <laughs> what does he mean by that but he doesn't want to lose any muscle nick the muscle yes he he felt dorian was always uh hesitant with his cardio because 
he he didn't want to lose an ounce of the muscle that he had right. built. He worked so hard for. And yet, he was the most ripped big guy of all time when he was at his best. Yeah. Uh, and uh, but but he was yeah he and you know he was also probably the most common sense big time dieter of all time. Mm-hmm. He had like he had like hamburger in his diet and bagels you know, you know what i mean yeah he ate regular food yeah uh wasn't wasn't real big on supplements it wasn't like you know you know what i mean and uh very precise i think he weighed his food yeah he, he looked at it it was his job it's like you know you're going to the yes. office today you got to be prepared you're you're you know whatever you're doing he he's a you know, it's like, this is my job. So now why wouldn't I look at every aspect of it and try to reach, reach my goals faster by actually studying, you know? Yeah. I went out to, I went out to eat with him a couple of times. Right. <clears throat> so one time me and his brand new super hot wife, where's she from Jim? Uh, Brazil. Brazil. Right. And where were we at? Edison, New Jersey. That's mm-hmm. right. For some yeah, no, Edison. strange reason we were there. So we go to lunch and we go to a pizza a pizza joint, right? A pizza in some place. And he goes in with that accent and he is so polite to the owner and he talks this guy, he sweet talks this guy into giving him uh, grilled chicken breast with, I think, some plain onion. He didn't want any oil on him mm. and a salad. And, and, you know, and this was the most greasy spoon in the world. <laughs> and, and he ended up, him and his girlfriend, and the guy was just uh, enthralled. He was like, oh, oh, of course, of course. <laughs> he yeah. looked back at us and said, wait, he's like, what do you want? You're like, Budweiser? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and a pizza. Man, a like, pie. he wasn't even competing, man. He wasn't even no. competing, man. We, talked, just... we talked about it. We talked about it. After we laughed. I laughed my ass and we were sitting down. And, and, and I said, he said, he, he said, from a kid, he had an adverse reaction to eating fat. Ah. He just, he couldn't stomach it. Right. It, it didn't agree with him. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? So it's like he had this natural aversion <laughs> that I think made him naturally lean. Yeah, maybe that was it. Plus he was all, already prepared for the diet, I guess, somewhat. He was fine with it. He was good with it. It looked like a good meal. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I mean? Um, big salad, you know, blah, 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 you know, chicken, a lot of chicken, you know, this and that. I mean, they were hearty eaters. It wasn't that. But it was just interesting that um, <clears throat> they're just naturally clean eaters. My wife's that way. My wife can't eat. She, if she eats a, three bites of a piece of pie, she's sick for, sick for a week. Jeez. Lots of pie yeah. for you. Man. Right. Right. No, and I'm like a garbage truck, right? Just around diesel fuel, right? That's just like yeah. whatever. Yeah. Hey, uh, hey, let me ask you guys something, and uh, you know, maybe this is a question for Jim. When did the the term power building come out? When did you guys first start hearing that? Uh, I don't know. I heard it from Stan Efferding, who's the vertical diet guy. He's a he is a retired powerlifter, but also was a IFBB pro, and and he talked about combining the the you know the heavyweights on the first couple exercises and then doing your bodybuilding stuff but that's what we always did yeah. i don't know why we got to label everything 
you know, it's funny because, you know, you would finish your squat. Yeah. Yes. I just squatted and left the gym. But the next yeah. day I came in, I did my bench. I did my close grip. I did my overhead press, my laterals. Uh, after I did my heavy bench, I did my assistant stuff. Cause when you're a power lifter, you don't want to think I left something, you know, I, there's something that I didn't do. That's going to cause a weakness. You know what I mean? Uh, well, right. so I think they're, um, different personality types. And I think that, I think that there are a lot of guys who just really like to train. Yeah. And like to be in right. Right, Marty. like, yeah. Ed Cone, Ed Cone, really likes to train i uh i spent a week i spent a week with him right yeah so i went to four four or five training sessions with him he's just no problem well it it's Uh, interesting because what marty when we had him on ed Cohen was talking about he originally took to bodybuilding so he was beginning that and then he began to kind of fall in love with the whole uh strong as hell idea and started you know uh converting over to to powerlifting but that because he was involved in uh you know bodybuilding from the very beginning and i also think he was one of the guys that cared about his physique and how he looked too you know he did yes he did his powerlifting you know the 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 main three uh lifts and all that but he also talks about doing accessory Oh, yeah. work like you know i think he did like Locks. cable push downs and curls he he and all that chins. stuff he could do chins with like a 200 pound barbell yes. strapped on oh crazy yeah. stuff man he had to have two training partners stand on his toes when he was doing tricep push downs with the whole stack so he wouldn't be launched into space right <laughs> <laughs> right oh you know who else loves to train fred uh, gillingham likes to be in the gym huh he does. Yeah. Just love to, it's just, yeah. You know, uh, Jimmy, you like to train, right? Yeah, I like it, but you know, yeah. I have a, a short attention span, so I hey, like. Let me let me going ask you something. Let me yeah. ask you something. Since you've been retired from Penn, now when you were at Penn, yeah, you were in a gym, yeah, fifty hours a week, right? Do you yeah. find yourself training more or less since you retired? Same. I'd say same. Same. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Same. Yeah, my workouts, you know, there have always been 45 minutes, uh, you know, even powerlifting, if it went over an hour, it was just because you're working up to 800 or whatever. And you, you got to sit around, you know what I mean? But, uh, I just have such a short attention span. I just want to be as intense as possible, not talk, just get it done. And, and people just waste so much time. Yeah. So, uh, well, Jim, yeah, what you like said it. about the, the weight, though, that cuts it down. We're not going as heavy now, so it doesn't, you know, our time gets cut in half. You know, you're not you having to do all those about some of your bodybuilding training, Jim. I mean, what would be a typical type session for you? I would say if you probably looked at all my logs, I would say the average is 15 sets of body part, um, you know, during most of the year. And then I switch it up with. I'll do like a couple feeder sets, like a Yates thing, and then I'll do an all-out set. So let's say I'm doing uh, machine, uh, you know, let's say I'm doing dumbbell incline. Okay, so I would do the 60s for a set of 12, the 80s for a set of 12, and then I'd grab the 110s, and I would do as, you know, as many as I can. I would do a drop, so I would go, let's say I get eight with that. I go down to the 80s, you know, do six or seven with that, go down to the 60s, mm-hmm. and then I'm done with, the inclines and then maybe do one more exercise that's maybe six weeks out of the year the rest of the time i'm working to positive failure 
which which I described to everybody. Everybody's like, how do you know when you're failure? When you can't complete a, a good rep with a rep with good form. That's when you're at failure. You know, you, know you don't have another in you, brother. <laughs> right. Right. And you know you're gonna have to cheat to get it. You know you're gonna have to cheat to get it. Yeah, I don't no way. Yeah. I've barely made that one. Yeah. yeah. Jim, you train alone, right? Or do you train with your sons most of the time? I train alone. Yeah. If they're working out, they do different stuff. I just go back and forth spotting them. Yeah. No, yeah. Well, I've been training by myself for a long time, but I, I you know, when I was going heavy and you know, yeah, at my peak and all that, I loved having a partner to do those forced reps and and things like that. And it helps motivate you as well. But uh yeah, I really like, you know, you got to remember, I had Christy and I had Tracy I had Christy. They're both mm, right. strong as my partners and powerlifting with with people who are motivated, man. And, you know, we had yeah. this thing, deadlift Fridays when everybody mm. deadlifted at 11 o'clock, you know, and, yeah. and man, it was just so great because everybody knew. All right, Christy, you got to do 500 for, for four today, you know, and everybody That's would right. be all fired up because she had to do That's 500 right. for four, you know um bodybuilding doesn't have that you, same you, you got you got people whose opinion you care about looking at you. right right and with bodybuilding it's not it's more of a uh insular i don't know what do you think more it's like a you don't need to be fired up you don't it's 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 a whole different level well, man. I, I, you, you had a you, you said it good earlier it's a marathon isn't it a bodybuilding training right. session yeah, it's it's just different. So anyway, it's, I like the solo stuff with the bodybuilding. I don't really need force reps. And, you know, for people out there who are like, oh, I don't have a partner. Well, just do some drop sets, you know, or yeah, I just got to say, but you really don't need, you know, need a whole. Yeah, lot of, I, there was a great saying by Rudyard Kipling, East is East and West is West and never the twain shall meet. Right. He's saying that uh, Eastern culture and Western culture are so different that there's there's never going to be a synthesis, right? Mm-hmm. And so the, the phrase, what did you call it? Power bodybuilding? What was it Power that building. you said, Jake? Power building. Power building. I don't know. Uh, I think uh, there is power lifting in a, in a purity, and I think that there's bodybuilding mm-hmm. in a purity. I don't... Uh, Yates, I don't think is... I don't think he's a synthesis. I think it's, he's a power lifter with four straps. Maybe that is a synthesis. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, a cone is, is Eddie somehow a, a bodybuilder? I, no. He's a power guy who, who uses bodybuilder movements, but I don't think he's a synthesis. He's a power right. lifter by God. Yeah. <clears throat> and Yates is a bodybuilder. And he'd right. be the first one to tell you about it. He says, I know nothing about powerlifting. Yeah. All right. No, you're right. It's kind of all over the place, especially. (laughs) My point being is, I don't know that there really is a synthesis that will produce a result that would be better than either of the two in their purity. Right. Exactly. Yeah, that's very good. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I think the definition of what we're talking about, I'm going to read to you um, one of the one of those tier one guys, what what they do. So this is a guy who came to me. Um, you know, he's got a lot of experience training and he's like, I want to put on size, but I want to stay strong. So yeah, like for his well, day one, easy. for his day one, he's going to he's going to squat. He's going to work. He's going to do uh, 
eighty percent of his one rep max for four sets of six. That's a bitch. It's strong. Okay, hold on. Let's uh, let's just put that into math. So eighty. You say eight zero. Eighty percent. Yep. Okay. All right. Well, let's do the math on that. If he's a two hundred pound guy with a what? Uh, he's squat five hundred. Five hundred. Five hundred raw squat. So eighty percent of that. Uh, 10% would be 50, 20 would be 100. So it would be like four or five. All right, now how, what's he doing with four or five? Four sets of six. Four sets of six. A 200-pound yeah. man doing double body weight. Four sets of six. Okay. So that's tough, you know? Yeah. Um, and then his second exercise, I always put another big compound exercise in there. So on his heavy squat day, we're not going to deadlift. We're just going to do the heavy squat. Then he's going to do bent rows. That's another heavy exercise. And now we're going to start to move fast. So now he's doing his chin-ups, lat pulls, leg curls, and then some mm -hmm. bicep work. So that's right. the that's the power good, building. Good flow. Good flow. Yeah. On day two, he's working up to uh, 300 now, pounds. Is it, is, it, is it next day or is there a gap? It's uh, two days on, one day off. Okay. Let's think, think of it this way. Uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday's off, Thursday, Friday on you know friday saturday, uh, saturday right, so this is the sec this is the second day in a row yeah so he'll and then right, lay, that's when, lay, lay, lay it on me so we'll start off with a very light overhead press um which i stole from what, bill star what, 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 what would that be for a 200 pound guy what do you what, do you think? what proof? for him is like 95 to 115 pounds he's a okay because he, okay. he can yeah, press yeah, yeah, yeah. 200 nothing. but yeah, yeah, no. I just want them to pause at the top, hold the yeah, weight there, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, warm up, warm up yeah. the shoulders and stuff. Then he's going to work up. So his bench is like 350, I think, and uh, mm -hmm. he's going to work up to 300 for 15 total reps. And I let him decide how he wants to split it up. Uh, all right, so we got I give him 295, uh, 225, 245s, and a 35 on each side. All right, now what is he? So he's got to give you 15 reps. 15 total. Somehow. Yeah, 15. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and what that does cool. is and he's a, a lot 350, of guys, He's a 350 man, so he'll give you five, six on the first. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know what? You got to try not Four to burn out on second. that first set. You got to try not to burn out on that first set. <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah. didn't think so, about that. You're right. And, and, it, and, it, and it gives a guy ownership, you know, like, well, I'm deciding this. We'll see how. And, and if they feel shitty, then you can only do a double the first set. And then as the sets go on, they start to feel better, you know. Um, and then he'll do either a barbell or a dumbbell incline. It's the classic the classic stuff after benching how then we'll do is, how heavy on the incline that's how that's heavy the incline shit man he does he well i just know his flat bench his flat dumbbell bench is with one arm is the 120s for reps yeah, so he's yeah. he's a, he's strong man he's probably doing 110s on that dumbbell incline um right and then since i didn't do a heavy press at the start we'll do like a seated dumbbell press um and then he'll do his lateral. I'm a big lateral raise guy. Laterals and all his shoulders to keep his shoulders healthy because all their shoulders are messed up. Some shrugs for big ass traps to protect your neck when they're falling out of the sky. Uh, and then some dips and push downs. So that's basically it's Ooh, a uh, that's a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah. But so what I do is after those first two exercises, Marnie, you, it should be like if you have a partner, you go, I go, you go, I go, you yep. go, I go. We're, we're freaking yep. rolling yep. through that, you know. Yeah. Because it's uh, it's uh, what is it dips? I mean, it's it, we're into the minor, yes, exercise. I mean, yeah. not minor. Well, yeah, okay, blah blah blah. Yeah, but, but it, it's uh, now we're into a bodybuilding mindset instead of the 
also we could also look at it as strength training versus bodybuilding, right? Yeah. It's not powerlifting so much, it's strength training because when you strength training would also include Olympic lifting, explosive, any kind of explosive strength, which we're right. a big fan of. Yeah. We love explosive strength movements. Uh, not to say that anybody we know is doing a you know full full snatch. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's usually but the power clean. clean. Yeah. Oh yeah. We got yeah. You got to have the power clean, man. You got to do it right. Uh, mm-hmm. That's important. But I, I really think it's strength training, and I think that's also why that that's a hybrid is not really possible. When you talk strength training, you have three definable types: absolute strength, explosive strength, sustained strength. Mm-hmm. Body and the goal is in each is to improve quantifiable performance because each can be reduced to numbers, mathematics. Right. Right. Anything we can put a number on, we can improve on. Right. Okay. Yeah. Bodybuilding, uh, you can put a number on. I guess you can put a number on what, Jim? Uh, body measurement. Body measurement. Well, also, yeah. you're yeah, literally, literally, you know, you're. Oh, my waist is down three quarters of an inch. My, you know, my thigh is up, right? Mm-hmm. You, you can do it that way. Uh, but with bodybuilding, the goal is divorce from performance. It's not about uh, that's that's key. Yeah. Yeah, but don't you think they're keeping a log too, Marty? Of you know oh, weight and reps and, and their, oh, of course, in their world. Yeah, I'm sure there's a science in their world. Yeah, it sort of sucks though, you know, if you do a lot of machines and going, okay, I did, you know, 60 pounds for 15 reps. I'm going to try to get 70 on a machine. It's sort of, (laughs) you know, it doesn't have the same thing as I squat a 500 for five. Now this week I'm doing 515 for five. You know what I mean? Right. Well, I guess it's it's, it's still progress though. Are you, uh, what's your point on the machine, Jim? Are you saying that it's connected to a lot of bodybuilders are using machines? My point is that to keep personal records on a machine is, Oh, yeah. Sort of right, soft, right, I guess. Right, 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 right. Come on, Jim. You've done that. You know. No, I never do, man. I just grabbed the, you know, I did a good thing the other day. Just uh, whatever weight is on the machine, obviously it can't be 10 pounds or something, but I'll say, okay, I'm going to get to 150 reps on this and I'm not oh. allowed to move the weight. And so maybe I get like reps. 30. Yeah. Maybe I'll get like 30 on the, I'll just pick a random, yeah. it's usually 150. Uh, I just, you know, first set, I get 30. I said, okay, all right, let's see what happens on that second set. It only take like 45 seconds to a minute. And by, you know, you're doing sets of five at the end. Uh, just another, another way to do it. But I'm not keeping track of, of all that. Boundaries. You know, back in medieval times, they would just flog themselves. <laughs> yeah but you know even though it's not as impressive and all that you know i always uh, and i try to do free weights a lot more than i do machines but i've always kept track you know yeah. i'll yeah. i'll name the machine you know even the yeah. brand because sometimes we have different we have the same like i don't know curl machines or tricep machines from different what brands so i'll write the what brand you, and the, what do, what, wait, wait hold on a minute what do you mean name the machine like uh tommy well like like <laughs> Well, like say I'm going to do uh, tricep push downs or something. Yeah. On the well, there's thing, yeah. th- there's probably three or four different kinds in in my gym with different brands and all that, and you know the, the oh, weight ratios oh, are different on the oh, stacks and oh, different type of machine. Yeah. So I will actually list the brand of the machine, the like weight I did. Yeah, yeah, 
the reps and all that. And every time, if I'm going to do that machine again, the next time I look back at my book from the, the week before I go, okay, I'm going to do that same weight, but I'm going to get another rep or two with the same weight. As long as I'm always going forward, I don't care if it's on free weights or machines. I always have to be making some sort of baby step beat progress the, in the, the gym. Log book. That's right. Beat the log. Right. Yeah. Right. No, it makes sense. And, and that's another way to, to stay motivated, you know, mm -hmm. uh, Otherwise, every day, otherwise, every training session is Groundhog Day. Yeah. Well, like doing cardio, Marty always says, like doing cardio without a, uh, a, a heart rate monitor. Heart rate. I mean, yeah, like you're right. With, it's like uh, lifting weights without knowing the poundage. Right. And where does the motivation go? Goes away because it's like, well, I don't even know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah i don't know if i did better this time than last time or the time before or whatever well that's so, what i'm saying and then every every and a lot of people are fine with that i see people when i go to a public facility and they're they, you know they they come in they do the same comfortable routine in the same way using the same weight the same reps and they never change and they're fine with it yeah you know then it's like fitness is a hobby right mm-hmm and I think to some people, yeah, like you they, said, they're okay with that and they have time and they just want to co come in and do something and move, yeah, which is, which is yeah, great for move, some people, as long as you're move. moving and yeah. doing cool, something. Yeah. But, but, but you want to reach out and, and say, just some of you want to shake and say, yeah, you really are just, you're, everybody's just treading water. Yeah. No, I, I think we all try to be, we strive to be the best version of our current self. You know, it's like, well, we've all been doing this since we're in our teens. Well, there's no going back to those days, but can I, like you say, Marty, can, can I be better today than I was yesterday? Yes. Yeah. Or last week. Or last week. Or I, can last hear month. I, I, I can, you know, uh, the, the goal is all you can improve. Well, you tell yourself and the motivation is that you seek to improve on what you did in the previous time you, whatever the lift is or the exercises you're doing. Yeah. Right. But yeah. you have to have, you have to have, you have to have a numerical comparison. Yeah. That's and you, and, and the motivation is the key to longevity. Cause I'll tell you, I, you know, just thinking yep. back this week oh, in my yeah. training, I'm, I'm, I'm 50 now. I, it, it you know, most days I have the same, if not more sometimes, motivation than I did back in my 20s. I'm not using as much weight, but I keep that level of motivation because if I didn't, the, the longevity just gets shot to hell. And it's like, well, I don't want to go to the gym today. I don't feel like it. What's the point? You know, so that motivational factor, whatever you got to do to keep that going, whether it's writing a book or whatever, lose a couple of pounds, you know, get on the exercise bike or the treadmill or walk, you know, keep that going because that's your key to longevity and staying successful, keeping yourself healthy and in shape. Yeah, no, you're yeah. right. Motivation grows from results. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I think it's, there's so many different ways to keep that going. You know, I used to say, man, I need something, you know, when you, it's not that motivation starts to wane. It's just like sort of like Groundhog Day after a while. And then so uh, I get a new, I'd get a new DVD or something, yeah. I, you know, I get a book. 
Uh, I'd go to change. a different gym, right, Marty? You go to a different gym. Yeah. Oh man, that'll that'll. Yes. I, love, oh, I love going on vacation. One of my favorite parts about going on vacation is going to a strange gym or going yeah. to two or three different gyms. Exactly. And, and it just you talk about some, you know, your testosterone going up, man. Uh, yeah. I Music. One time I was in this gym and the the guy had a can. You love this guy had a canvas squat suit on. This is in Rehoboth. Had a canvas squat suit on. He was squatting, man. I think he was doing like 450 or 500. Oh, no. Oh, you know? no. And uh, canvas. Now, canvas. So I wanted to deadlift. Bad. Squatting's bad for your knees. Go yeah. ahead. There was only and, one. And your back. And there was back. only one area to really do squats and deadlifts. So I wanted to deadlift right behind the squat rack. But he had plenty oh, of room. No. It was one of those tiered ones, you know, where you, where you stay like, in, in there. Like the gun rack? Yeah, and I so politely, I say. Hey man, do you mind if I just deadlift behind her? He goes, yeah, I mind. Ah. So I was like, okay. So right then I knew I was pulling some heavy, heavy fuck freaking weight. Right. So I moved the bar <laughs> over. I moved the ball or bar over a little bit at around 600. He started kissing my ass. Right. Ah. <laughs> ah. So you talk about going somewhere else and getting some motivation. He's like, Oh wow, you you're really strong, or you know whatever. Yeah, you're really I think I did six seventy five for a double or something like that. And threw it <laughs> threw it down and then left and then left. Yeah, Jim, you're exactly right. I've been pissed off in the gym before because some fool leave three towels on three different machines. Oh, here and we go with the towels. They're <laughs> they're reserving this stuff, and man, that'll yeah. just fire me and i'll tell you what that'll make you see red and you'll get a few extra reps make sure you write that day in your in your log yeah. book for sure because yeah. <laughs> uh you're gonna hit, be hitting prs and whatever but what's uh what's been doing it for me lately and i always use music i always listen to uh music like you guys do when you're training but just lately it seems like you get in these grooves where music has such a profound uh, effect on you when, uh, you know, we all visualize and we, uh, we're dialed in and we have our own kind of psych and all that. But I'm telling you, if you get in there and, and still, even at our age doing this, as long as we've been doing it, 50 years old, whatever, um, you can still get those goosebumps, man. You can get are in there. Still, and Are you still in your Mariah Carey kick? <laughs> Lady Gaga. Oh, man, I listen to all kinds of stuff, but you know, if you listen to stuff now, I this is what I find. If I listen to stuff now that I used to listen to, and I've always liked to like like Jim, you know, the the, the heavy metal, and he listens to a lot more dark stuff than 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 I do, like the real insane kind of stuff usually. But yeah, you know, I like the uh, the the Van Halens and the the ACDC and all that stuff, but. Sometimes you'll have a certain memory that's connected yep. to a certain yep. song. Triggered, like triggered, yep. From back in high school or whatever. And man, that would just raise uh, the, the goosebumps on Oh, uh, man. Rob Wagner used to lift to uh, Dave Matthews, man. He used to drive me crazy. Oh, no. Because, you know, he's so cerebral. You know, the first time I squatted with him, <laughs> I've been used to squatting with Kirk and hanging out with Kirk and watching Kirk and all that stuff. And you know it, it's he yells and he does, shakes the bar and all that. Yeah. Wagner Wagner doesn't say a word. He just and you know it. and you know who who Kirk's main group is. <laughs> yeah, was it Judas Priest? He loves some Judas Priest. I knew that. No, that's not no. it. Motley. Oh, oh Motley Crue. No, um, you told me something else, Marty. So Wagner would be Crue, getting ready. Wagner would oh, be he, getting yeah. Ready. In the old days, he would he liked uh, uh, Kiss. Kiss. Uh, yeah, yeah. 
Listen, listen. So, so, so I've been around Kirk and all the guys at Mac and all that. And so Wagner's getting ready to squat and he's going <gasps> like a just breathing like a rhino, right? And then he squats 700 for a trip or something crazy at 189 or something. And I'm like, man, you don't even get excited. He goes, yeah, yeah, I do, man. It's all inside. And it's all, it's all I do with that heavy breathing. Get me going. It's like, wow, just the difference, you know, in, in, intrinsic almost versus that exhortation. That's, Cass, that's Cassidy. Is that right? Is that right? Yeah, yeah he, he wouldn't, you know. Although Hugh was a good musician, a great musician, actually. He's a really good bass player. Good yeah. guitar player. Yeah. Uh, but, but uh, yeah, I'm, um, I'm on an insane clown posse trip right now. Oh, Lord, Marty, I'll be up to help you, man. Come on. You need some counseling, dude. But, but, oh, but Marty, isn't it funny how you get hooked on something for about You're a kidding, week? Right? You're kidding, right? <laughs> Marty, he's kidding. But I love man. the name. I love the name. That's not. That's not him. You're a Insane juggalo. Clown posse. Yeah. Whoever came up with that. <laughs> you that. guys would love my gym, man. It's uh, Van Halen. It's ACDC once in a while, but it's a lot of old stuff like Zeppelin and. Uh, yeah. <laughs> What's the black Irish singer that was so good that had the band uh, Boys Are Back in Town, Marty? Oh, yeah. Phil uh, Weiner. Yeah. yeah, his, yeah but what was the band? Oh, oh my God. Um, Boys Back in Town. The Cowboy Song. What the freak? Think. Know. You know who I'm talking about, JP? Yeah, I knew who you talking about. I, mean, <laughs> I don't know who you're talking Phil about. Weiner. Yeah, you know the song Boys Are Back in Town? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, what's the name of the group? Oh man, I I don't remember. I don't know. Anyway, they play Pat Benatar. It's freak. I said to the owner, I said, "This is the only place I can go and still hear Pat Benatar." You know, <laughs> but uh, you know, then at four or five o'clock they start playing that rap stuff. But I'm in there, you know, early, so they play the uh, classic. You got a skedaddle before that comes on. Yeah, I don't uh, wear headphones because they got good music. Yeah, I don't. I don't uh, depend on others for <clears throat> my audio input. Yeah. No, it's very individual. It's yeah. If I mean, there's certain you you want to keep your music fresh too. You 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 yeah. need to hear things that you haven't heard before. You, you, yeah. you wear grooves in your head with yeah. the same psych up stuff over and over. You, really, what's happening is you're not really getting psyched up anymore. Yeah, we used to listen to. Uh mongolian chanting sometimes man you, we, there was a movie called mongol it's all about uh attila yeah. no i know i know i know mongol i have some of that in mind yeah and that's and that stuff you know that the game of thrones soundtrack uh wagner all that stuff man is is great it's pumping you know it's like those nfl films that's, a, that's some of the best music around so when, when i get tired of the metal i go with that other stuff mm. you know, i'll get I, stuck I, on a yeah Go ahead. Uh, I'll get stuck on the same song and play it like I'll rewind it so that the you know the climactic part of the the song is coming on just as I'm taking the bar off the rack or whatever and yeah. you just go wild with it you know but I have uh yeah I'll get stuck with the same song and play I'll be rewinding the whole the whole workout you know it's kind of funny but you guys do that Jim probably does that too once in a while uh yeah white uh thunder kiss 65 by white zombie man but, 
I've played that over and dude, that's one of the songs that when I hear that, yeah. I think about all of us deadlifting together on Fridays, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. But do you rewind it to the perfect part to where, you know, you got a little time uh, before the, the climax of the thing and you get under the bar and then boom, it hits. No, nah, I don't do that. And then the, <laughs> That's an idea for sure. Then, then the goosebumps are, you got goosebumps on your arms right. ready to Man, go. Look, you, you wanted to keep this thing fairly short. I want to tell you one final story about it. All right. Give us a story. Famous powerlifter named Martin Dimidoff. <clears throat> he was a tough cookie, let me tell you. And he trained in, um, uh, Mark was in uh, suburban Maryland, a tough section called Suitland. Mm -hmm. He had a basement training group in his, uh, like a townhouse. And he would have a guy, back in the day, you had headphones, but you had to have the wire on. Remember, you had to have the springy, yes. sure. springy wire, right, leading to the stereo. And he had this group, always, Mark always, Mark was a, a national and world champion. He always had these group of, like, minions around him. It's kind of college-age guys. He would have one guy that would put the headphones on the back of his head when he stood up at the chalk box as he's getting ready to squat. And then... He would guard as Mark went in and out, came back out with, you know, whatever, 740 for three or whatever he was doing that day. And it was this guy's job to make sure that the headphones did not come askew on Mark's <laughs> head well, while he was squatting. And I saw Mark come within one inch of beating this kid's ass one day because he inadvertently pulled on the cord. He bumped into the cord and ripped one ear off while Mark was doing oh, his concept. Well, he was doing yeah, he concept. had to man the wire. I mean... Uh, and he bumped into the wire. He had to... And he he also had to stop... like Inexcusable. He also had to stop foot traffic and guys like <laughs> yeah. stop him from crossing well, the wire. As well, this, Mark is is Mark's, this, is, this is Mark's place of myself and Don Milton... <laughs> And Marshall Peck, we all kind of, we're over there. We're just observing. We're not even, we're not training that day. We're just watching Mark. And we all like back up a little bit. Oh my God. <laughs> oh yeah. The, the, and the head, the big cost headphones, these big headphones, had to get them on just right on his ears. And it's when he didn't have the headphones on, he played it loud as hell right in the room anyway. Yeah. That's too much to worry about, man. I feel like worrying about it. It's just, he wanted, he was like a, a, a martial arts you know, guru, yeah. Sifu, who wants to be waited on by his uh, his underlings, you know. You know, I, so Rob Wagner was working on a, his doctorate, I guess, at Temple, and he observed me going for, I was competing in powerlifting, observed me in a squat session. And he wrote down everything I did and all that. Man, I wasted so much time and so much energy with all these little things that I felt like I had to do. I changed shirts like twice. I did all, you know, I changed towels. I had a towel on my head, a towel on my shoulder, you know, all this stupid stuff. And I read it and I was like, I'm not doing any of that stuff anymore. I'm just burning up energy. Well, you, you didn't know. know you did it, did you? I didn't even realize it. I didn't mm -hmm. realize it. And I would, I would be exhausted before I even got under the bar. And I was like, and I didn't realize until I read all that stuff about myself. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to have my belt on the bar and I'm going to sit here between sets. I'm not doing all that. Sure. other stuff, You sure. know, and it makes a big difference. It's all this 
things that you think you have to have that it really it's just the bar that matters, you know. Yeah. Jim, I bet you wear the big headphones, right? No, no, JP. That's one of the things. If you ever see me in those, you can kick me freely in the balls without even saying anything. Let me ask you guys though, why are those coming back? We got these great little earbuds and everything, but I see some of the uh the, the big headphones. It makes everybody look, look, look like look, like look, Princess look, Leia or something. Look, look who you're look who you're asking, okay? Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I thought Jim would know. I mean, he's in the gym. So. Yeah, he does have. He's got. He's got youngsters. He would know. Yeah, yeah. I, it, I don't know why those would come back. I mean, I, I, I'm sure they sound great, but I mean, who wants to have lug those around on your head while you're trying to blast maybe, through some some iron? Maybe, you know, maybe it's a style thing. Yeah. I don't well, know. it's, it's uh, funny. Let's have an expensive, thing. like having expensive sneakers. Yeah, I, guess. I, I always think, and I know Marty, you back me up on this. You should be able to just drive down the road or wherever you're going, stop, go to any gym, not need anything and get a good workout. You don't need your headphones. You don't need your belt. You don't need straps. You don't need wraps. After a while, man, that shit is a pain in the balls, man. It's a pain. Well, I, you always have your phone with you. So just have a, your headphones. Or and that's you know, it. That's you don't need anything else. You don't. Yeah. Need yeah. And, 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 you know, you just, yeah. I mean, everybody and you see people. And you in size gym. up a gym. You size up a gym like you size up an ethnic restaurant. You go in and you look and you look around. What do they got? And that will determine what kind of workout you take. If they have a, a wonderful old lifting platform over in the corner that looks like it's got some use and they got an Alico barbell sitting on it, well, then let's go do some deadlifts. If they don't have much, but maybe they've got a good half machine gym. Yeah. Right. Or they have like some 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 something that appeals to you. You gravitate toward that. And you use right. that, right? Right. Yeah. But, but leave the big uh, headphones at home. <laughs> next next to the stereo, plugged in. Yeah. Uh, yeah right. Like the old. Day. All right. Listen, I gotta cut this off here. This is yeah. getting crazy. All right. Check out Marty's weekly column, Raw with Marty Gallagher at ironcompany.com. Uh, you can find his latest article, The World's Strongest Man. I still have that one up yep. with uh, Carl, the groundskeeper. That's a no, good one. Carl's not up yet. Carl is up. Is he? Oh, yeah. The World's Strongest Man. It's all about visualizing. And it's a, it's a, it's a real good, it gets real good at the end. I won't blow it, but uh Cinderella Marty, boy, tears in Marty his eyes. really puts a, uh, a a movie in your head as you're reading through this. I can I can tell you that. Um, and check out Marty's Instagram at the Marty Gallagher. You can also visit his website, one of his uh, wife Stacy's website. It's called functional-strength.org. All kinds of stuff going on there. Workouts um recipes you did something on the green egg i gotta check out because i've been getting back into mine yeah i made yeah, some I, you, I made some brisket and some chicken and some sausage last week on mine oh man i'll tell you what it turned out so good oh that's 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 the way you get ripped you just live on that stuff oh beautiful. skip the pie skip the pie have some more brisket but there's techniques, and I, I haven't looked, but I think you give some good uh, about the, the green egg and just the way that you have to. Just go to YouTube. It's all over YouTube. Just go yeah. to green egg and YouTube, and you pull up your food. Yeah. And there's 27 different ways, 27 guys tell you how to do yes. pork belly. For sure. Yeah. yeah. 
But when you're using a tool like that, you got to you got to understand how to do it because it's all about airflow, top and bottom, and, yeah, and all that. Getting, a, getting all that right. It's a fifty caliber sniper rifle. Right. Um, for all your gym equipment and flooring needs, please check out ironcompany.com. If you need, uh, a lot of people are doing financing right now. If you're doing it for your home, you know, your garage gym or, or studio or, or, um, you know, full-size commercial gym, you know, yeah. give us a call. The application takes minutes. That's it. I want to bring something up about something you're fixing to sell is that, uh, the sled, the sled, I saw the post on the yep. sled, the push pull, you can drag it yes. and all that i have one i have one it's a different brand but it's the same kind of prototype the thing mm -hmm. is wonderful man it's 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 great i didn't know you were going to sell them i would have got it from you, you you put it in your yard no it's got no, it's, Marty, so you can go on a yard you can go on a, a blacktop you can go anywhere. right it's yeah. magnetic resistance and it's yeah. got the different levels it's got a, a lever on it but it works on magnetic resistance, so there's nothing to wear out, and it's on tires, like Jim said. So you're not screwing up your turf. You're not, you know, creating sparks out in the, the driveway. What does something like that retail for? Ah, uh, they're usually around a thousand bucks. It depends on on what kind you get. They they go up pretty high depending on yeah. Uh, yeah. what kind you get. But uh, yeah, we're uh, it's it's great because you know we have one at my gym and it's it's all real nice wood floors and they use it on that. Does it's quiet? It's a push and pull. You know, different levels of resistance. Pretty cool. Yeah. No, I think it's uh, you know, the I like the old sled and all that stuff. But man, you know, let's say you're living in a neighborhood. I mean, that's <laughs> scraping the oh, you know all that. So, but but the you know I got the kids out there pushing it in the road. Um, mm -hmm. And then we have a I have a dip belt with a with a you know a long strap that they attach to their waist and they go forward and back with that. Oh yeah, uh, sled pulling is something and, and pushing is is so great for cardio and you know it's got that little bit of strength you, component. You should in. get a copy of Zach Evanish's book. What was I have it? Oh yeah. Okay, pull that sucker out because he's got these guys like. He's got one picture that I love. He's, all these guys, the thing I liked about Zach, all these guys are, were in shape. Yeah. And they're younger guys. And he's got one where the kid's got a, a sandbag on his right shoulder. He's got a kettlebell in his left hand. He's got a weight belt on. And he's dragging a sled behind him going up a hill. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, now that is a hell of a drill. Yeah. Yeah, he's very creative that way. Right, it's like mm -hmm. what? I guess if you got really good at that, you would have something, right? Well, that's, you like know. Walter, <laughs> that's like Walter Payton running up the levees and down that's right. the levees. That's right. Yeah. It's uh, you know that you know we got a friend uh, who was a sniper with uh, one of the teams, and I trained his three boys for wrestling, and they only lift. Oh, you'll love this! I didn't even think about this. They only lift one day a week. That's all yeah. we need because they're wrestling so hard. And then another day they do sled and uh, prowler and run hills and do all that. So we do all the basic stuff on one day. That's like a Sunday. Mm -hmm. Your squat, your bench, your deadly. They clean. They've been doing cleans. Good. And then they, the rest of the week, they practice their skills and they yeah. do a little, a little uh, cardio slash strength workout with implements, you know, farmers yeah, walk. Yeah. That's a, that's yeah. a stain strength stuff. Yeah, which is yeah. perfect for them, right? Yeah. And right. they're getting stronger, yeah. and they're getting stronger. Yeah, sure. Well, you wait. <clears throat> yeah, I know who you're talking about, and I know exactly who you're talking about. And I believe they've also got a a high level 
wrestler that's working yes. with them. Yes. Yes. And they're in a, a high level program. Well, he's smart, Marty. He's got a team. He's got me as the strength guy. He's got the uh, wrestling guy. He's got, you know, he's probably got a, who knows what else he's got, uh, but he's smart with this stuff and their nutrition is on point. And um, the boys and are into kids. it. Yeah. And they love and the it. Boy, that's, that's the thing. See, the, see, the kids are into it. That's when you get uh, synergy. Yeah. And he's like, well, so, what if you yeah, still have for us this week? You know? Uh, so anyway, it's good stuff, man. And I think that's, that's awesome. a great thing. Yeah. And, uh, well, Jim Steele is up. We can talk about him for a second. He's got uh, articles that are going up left and right on our website. So uh, the one that's going up in a, a day or two, says I can get a good picture from him, is called The Little Things. Now, The Little Things that you're talking about is what, Jim? Just go through it for a second. I was just thinking of little random tips that I've picked up over the 40 years or whatever of training that maybe somebody doesn't know, maybe people that it doesn't occur to somebody or something they don't know. Give and us an example. Finding the width grip of your, finding your width of grip in the press. Right. Yeah. Right. That's just a little thing that people don't really know. Like, where do you grab the bar? You know, yeah. like that. You give a good example though, and, and how to find that. Yeah. Yeah. So you know. very easy, very easy to figure it out. And you're like, oh, simple. Yeah. Stance, stance right. within the squat, right? Exactly. And it's all this stuff that, that everybody taught me coming up that mm -hmm. maybe they're not getting now, maybe because, you know, they don't understand that the technique is so important and everything. Uh, and we know yeah. an inch makes a difference in everything you do. Um, but just, just stuff like that, just little tips. Um, it could be something as simple as how to hold your wrist when you do a bicep curl, you know, mm -hmm. stuff oh. something like that. So good one. Yeah. Well, it, it, I'm, I'm glad you wrote this because a lot of times we, we just naturally assume that, that right. you know, we, we know this and everybody knows it and, you know, it's just natural, but no, a lot of people don't know this and need to actually be told. So I appreciate you bringing this up. It's uh, very helpful. Good. All right. So that is going up. Look for the little things by Jim Steele that's coming up. And uh, you can also check out his website, boss barbell. That's, B-A-S-Barbell.com for all kinds of goodies on there. Go check all him out. Anti-government anti stuff on there, yes. <laughs> hey, what about, uh, just real quick, and then we'll close it off here. You guys still taking uh, online training clients? You, Yeah. You, you got some openings? Oh, yeah, man. I got some great clients, and there's always right. always. Well, anybody who wants to get old of Jim Steele for uh, virtual training, online training, from any part of the world, um, just hit him up, jim at ironcompany.com. Same with Marty. You know, uh, I don't know how many spots he's got left open. I'm sure he could make accommodations. His uh, email is marty. I always make room for motivated people. Right. As long as they got a couple of bucks, too. That doesn't, nothing wrong with that. That helps. <laughs> I got so right? many, don't have any <laughs> bucks right now. Yeah. All right, guys. Good All one right, here. Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah, that was a good one. Right. See ya. See you guys. I'll be